0: Hi, guys. It's a very, very good uh, podcast we have today. It's AJ here with Lydia. Um, And this one's actually about probably very correlated to what the the podcast as a whole is about. Um, And the idea from the start, if you guys have listened to some of the earlier, earlier podcasts, is that a lot of people are playing the game of soccer backwards or wrong, right? And that's because they don't understand the rules of life. Um, why I feel this one has a lot of overlap is because we're going to be talking about your worldview and how it shapes you and what it is and uh, different things you can do to take advantage of your worldview, right? So Lydia, when I'm talking about worldview, what do you think about?
1: Uh, I think like perception, basically how you uh, view the world and basically the lens that You know, you kind of, you're biased basically as you view the world. So, like, say you're wearing a lens, like, your filter on that lens is your personal worldview, how you see the world, what your perception is of the situations around you.
0: Yeah, I think that's bang on, actually. Um, That's probably what worldview is. That's worldview, like, effectively. And the problem, though, like, and the idea is, and there is no right or wrong, and I think uh, everyone's gonna have their perspective depending on where they're from. Um, but you want something in line with how it's working or at least something in line with the more idealistic way the world works, right? So I'm sure in different places and in different regimes, the world works in very good ways and in very bad ways. So it's very possible a very bad worldview and a very good worldview can both kind of be correct. You know, they're just correct for different people in different circumstances, in a sense. Can you
1: give an example of
0: that? So, if you're maybe in like a corrupt regime, right? Do you know what I mean? And and you live there, maybe your worldview is you can't get anything done here unless you have some inside connections. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Something along those lines is a very like uh, laissez-faire attitude to life. Like I have no control. If I get lucky, I get lucky, and that's probably true for your environment in that sense. Uh, that doesn't mean there isn't exceptions. For sure, there is, and maybe in like the U. S. or in different places where. You know, there's an innovation hotbed and a lot of uh, social mobility. Mm-hmm. It's completely in your own hands and you believe that, right? So you can have different worldviews that are correct at the same time, mm-hmm. but...
1: Just applicable in different situations.
0: Yes, but that being said, you, you always want the more idealistic worldview if you have a choice because it gives you more uh, control uh, in terms of what you can get done, how you can get done. It gives you more ownership in your life, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Um and what I think a lot of people don't get is, how do you get this worldview? Like, how, how does this come up? And for most people, I'll be honest, they have no choice. Their worldview is just a result of them in their environment. They're just sheep. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would have been the way they would have been. Regardless. yeah, yeah. Th- th- That's like 98% of people. Mm-hmm. So th- that's how... So I was going to
1: m- say 90, but yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: it's, it's like really high, yeah. right? So most people's worldview is just shaped by what's around them, what's going on in media, stuff they don't have any control over, yeah. and they just become a product of that. Yeah. And that's why like, even if you look at like a lot of marketing things... Mm-hmm. Um, There's a very, very, very predictable way they look at demographics, matures, different cycles, right? Because they understand most people get shaped into this worldview, right? Do you know what I mean? You're you're a certain age, you do this. A different age, you do that. A different age, you do that. And then that that, uh, creates certain behaviors, and then the marketers can, as a result go out and market to you and, and, and create and make some money so it's understood at, at a very high level that a lot of people have a very very similar worldview um, now the thing is how do we come up with it do you know what I mean um, a lot of it even though it's not our choice is a result so there's one thing you have ownership for and one thing you don't really right so the people around you your family especially, and, like, how you... Your family,
1: you're, you can't really choose. That's what I'm
0: saying. So you don't have control over that part. So if your family, when you're young, um, feels very paranoid about the world, feels like you got to watch back, no one has, no one wants to help you, uh, everything's so hard, that's going to shape your worldview. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily in a good way. It could be in a bad way. And that's one of the advantage people from higher parts of society have, is your worldview just tends to be...
1: More opportunist. Uh, There's more... There's, there's possibilities.
0: Yes, there's there's a wider horizon in their worldview, right? Where there's a lower horizon. And sometimes that negative asset somebody from a poor situation has to begin their life is so encumbering that they never they, they never move over it. Do you know what I mean? They're stuck in that and they, they just they'll never move beyond that. Um, but the problem is your world view also impacts the way you think about the world and the way you think and how you take in information and how you ask how you discern it uh what you divide into truth what you divide into lies what you divide into like i don't know if this makes sense i'll reserve my opinion on it Mm -hmm. all that comes from your worldview so in a way your worldview begets more of your worldview Right? So if, if you're thinking a certain way or there's flaws or limits in your thinking or you're not questioning things well enough, um, uh, the way you look at problems is very simplistic sometimes. Mm-hmm. What that's going to do is create, it's kind of like that, that analogy we all hear all the time, a shaky foundation makes for a bad building. Yeah, um, That's the idea. So when you're younger, it's like actually very, 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 very important to make a, a very um, um, nuanced and intricate worldview and you want to question a lot of assumptions you won't have the tools and abilities to question these things and look at them correctly um, any questions around this
1: um, how like you know as children especially like school provides you with certain worldviews um, home provides you with certain but I feel like no one really tells kids especially like nowadays to um, choose your friends wise you know like it's kind of like oh like you, you do it just just get out there and like I feel like social media now especially like it raises children
0: okay. in some ways
1: uh-huh. um is there any way that like regardless of all this like noise in the background that at a young age people can still develop a worldview that can ensure their success in the future
0: well I mean a lot of that would depend on the elders in their life at that point for sure right because like a, a child especially cause he coming back to the soccer analogy that I use all the time. They don't even know how to play soccer. All they're doing is kicking the ball. Yeah. You do want some kind of coach saying, Hey, you got to kick the ball toward the net. Yeah. The goal isn't to mm-hmm. hit it as high as you want. So I've had uh, different relatives in my life where literally the parents have taught horrible, like money lessons to their mm-hmm. kids. And I know it's going to perpetuate in the children's life for like the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. So one idea is the parents have to know the, the magnitude they have, especially at a younger age in a child's uh, life. Um, but then beyond that, you know, assuming you know that this is, these are very important years, uh, I need to do well. What I don't think is actually about developing the worldview at that age, right? It's actually about developing the tools. So, yeah. so when you do develop the worldview later on, you can go through information. So, like, the U.S. election cycle is a great example right now, okay? Um, there's more than half of the U.S. believes ideas, notions— that are completely almost factless. Like yeah. th- th- there's no fact, there's no foundation. Someone's just saying this, and then further on, if you have an argument with anyone about this, because the internet's a double-edged sword in some ways, yeah. you can find forums and blogs that perpetuate or, or or you know back them up, and so you have a lot of people. Like so, one example is, I think a healthy balance of moderation would be probably just good. So you want to take positions on both sides and i think you almost as a tool one learning tool you want is you want to take positions on all sides of the political spectrum and be able to defend them you don't want to have any assumptions about anything whether it's very liberal or very very conservative and you want to argue and try to see both sides of it so what that actually does is make you open-minded i think there's this idea right now that open-mindedness and this could be another podcast is being liberal no that's not what it is right it's being open about your judgments and being open to changing them and that tends to be liberal people, but if you're just stuck, this is the way it is because this is just but, good. You know,
1: either way, like it, you, I think it used to be liberal people, but now liberal people are closed-minded and being liberal, and then conservative people are being closed-minded and being conservative, and no one is open-minded.
0: Less so, right? But g- generally speaking, that it used to be. They're probably still more prone to being yeah. open-minded, mm-hmm. right? But regardless, being open-minded and I think taking different positions on and seeing what their perspective is would help with your worldview, especially at a young age. And it has nothing to do with political. It could be on every single type of issue, even non-political issues. I think you want to have a very, very good understanding. And uh, so here's there's two type of people that I feel whose worldview is uh, almost set up to fail. Okay. People who are, and the word's not open, but people who are too gullible or too... Naive. Yeah, there's this combination of gullible and naive. It's a, any information you give them, there's no fact check. Um, there's no... They just take they, it They in. take it as it is. They take it as But that person still, if they have enough information, they're going to start bringing all that in and forming a worldview. So if that person can come through enough information, being naive, and then bring it into their worldview and accommodate for it, they may get enough of a very rich worldview that it'll help them, right? They have a benefit in that, but generally speaking, you do want to question some things. Mm-hmm. You want to have it pass some sort of test. And those questions and how you vet is a very, very, very important tool into how you develop your worldview. And we're going to come back to that. It's very important, mm-hmm. those questions. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, and these people annoy me, even more than the naive ones or the cynics. Mm-hmm. The ones who question everything, they will not believe a thing. Uh everything out there has to go through such a rigor and I think if you can't assume that there's certain foundations or certain mechanisms or social structures or um that we live in, um it gets really hard to work on some of the more nuanced or detailed parts of our worldview. So if you're still questioning if time exists, which I'm, st- and we've talked about time on this podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying if time may not exist the way we think it for sure, but if you're still questioning some just like common, common, common things that we all have generally accepted constructs to make society work, it's very difficult for you to develop a rich worldview mm-hmm. because you're you're working on some of the base, base, base basics. Yeah, you're limiting yourself. And 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 so the problem is the limit for your worldview at the end of the day. It's time. It's time in your youth, okay? So how much time in your youth do you develop or use toward developing the tools to make a good worldview? Mm -hmm. And then if you put that time in, it's never going to show, the results won't show in your youth, right? Mm -hmm. But what will happen is as you become an adult, you're going to be able to go through troves of information, way faster, uh, yeah, and-, and, and and get the correct insights from them, mm-hmm. which most people won't be able to do, and that's going to compound your worldview, make it richer, make it more contextual, and, and uh, then somebody who never developed those skill sets. So you're not going to see the difference when you're 20 or 18 mm-hmm. or 17. But at the point that you're 30, what you're going to start seeing is, though this person has a completely different way of looking at the world than I do. And as a result of seeing the world completely different than me, he's able to take on more risks, try more things, um, uh, you know, make better relationships with people. Because there's just that understanding of everything. Yeah. Where someone who doesn't have that They're very much limited, right? What happens to them is they're still questioning some of the basics, you know, and you'll hear really weird stuff sometimes, right, from people. uh, And this is a long time ago. I just remember this, but it still strikes me. Uh, You know, this must have been, at this point, we're teenagers. And uh, I think this guy's best friend backstabbed him or something like that. Mm -hmm. And his his worldview about friends was, why have friends, right?
1: They're all the snakes. It's, along <laughs> those lines,
0: right? He's like they're closer to you any, than anyone. If someone's gonna hurt you, it's them, right? And and it's not necessarily like I'm saying. Like you, I'm just very open on different world views. I'm not saying. His worldview isn't correct. It may be correct. But it's coming back to my original point, it's definitely not the most idealistic way mm-hmm. to look at friends. And then as a result, now he's limiting himself. Mm-hmm. And he's limiting himself to a lesser version of who he is, right? Yeah. Um, well, I
1: think he's, his worldview is based on limited experience. So He had one bad taste of friendship. And that has um, like determined for him what friendship is going to be like in the future. And I feel like that's kind of like... If someone is not well-read, and then in, when they're grown up, they are um, they have access to a lot of information. Like, now we're in the knowledge economy, so there's so much information there. But if you didn't have a good foundation, like you said, or, like, you didn't develop the tools when you were younger, when you get older, you don't know where to start with all the information. So you get one, like, tail end of it, and then you just run with it.
0: And, and not only that, I think the other big issue, and I, I totally agree with everything you said, the other big issue with somebody in that particular very... The other thing that limits a lot of people from their view is I think after they make a decision or they make a judgment or an assumption about how the world works, a lot of people are locked in. They're not open-minded about it. So I think you have to be, okay, this is what I feel about the world, but until proven wrong, almost like science... Mm-hmm. It's what I'm going to accept, but I'm open if someone comes around and changes my mind. You still have to be open to changing your mind. I think a lot of people like getting locked in. And now, how this comes into reality, like right now, is if you haven't established the tools to get a good worldview, um, and not only do you not have the tools, but you have maybe some limited knowledge, because there's so much information being thrown at us, uh, not only... Are the insights you're going to take from this information going to be different because you're, because of your flawed worldview? The type of mediums and uh, information sources you're going to gravitate for are going to be seeing something completely different. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, so a lot of these people who have fragmented or flawed worldviews, um, you'll probably notice are very correlated to like conspiracy theory type yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. They're always thinking something's up. There's a, a bigger invisible hand mm-hmm. that's controlling everything because it's a very simplified way for a person who doesn't have a rich world view to make sense of everything, yeah. right? There's somebody out there. The Illuminati has mm-hmm. all of this set up and they're connecting this and there's a reason for it and it all makes sense because now you can just... And that religion kind of did that mm-hmm. for a long time as well, right? It, it gave you that... Um, a lot of unexplained things that we can explain as human beings, religion, just in one answer, gave you that, mm-hmm. right? Do you know what I mean? So conspiracy theory, I feel, is a different form of religion. And it's, it's a form of religion for these people who are typically organized religion, but they are religious. They're, they're the same, yeah. like... Um,
1: Everyone's religious. So whether or not your religion is organized or not, you're still working towards some sort of, like, end goal you're trying to prove, I think.
0: Well, I, I think there's people who have higher propensities of being religious. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily people... I don't think that's defined by how much you go to church. There's a way they are. Very yeah. religious people tend Regardless to be... Uh, uh, they're, very dogmatic, yeah. they're very dogmatic. They're mm-hmm. very close minded that, yeah. That's just what I yeah. feel. And when they're stuck to something, it's tunnel vision a little mm-hmm. bit. That's what it is. is. Isn't yeah. I don't care what they wear or how they conduct themselves there's a mindset yeah. that's that mm-hmm. that's how i look at religion really right do you know what i mean and and the way it is uh, and you know there's pros and cons with it anyway like you know some of these people do very well right but that's what it is so a lot of these people they tend to gravitate in that mm-hmm. sense right and go on um
1: since we're talking about mindset do you feel like um what we're saying about worldview is very related to what a person's attitude is toward the world like your attitude and worldview can easily be interchanged
0: so there, there's definitely like overlap between these two things um but your attitude i think okay just generally speaking your attitude is different than the worldview right your attitude is just like uh uh you know the way you are with people it's just the way your personality the way you conduct yourself your worldview will get into things like um the economy it will get into societal stuff it'll get into like how to deal with people and and it's less personality-based and it's more based off of, like, the referential knowledge you've acquired, you know, and the way you see the world, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a little, it's more perspective-based than attitude. Yeah, yeah, go on.
1: But, like, how, I know we talked about building the right tools to develop that perspective, but how do we get these tools, how do we build them up, and how do we come to a point later in life that we have... Already established the right tools to like build our foundation or in our like building essentially.
0: Okay, and there's one other world. Uh, there's one other tool that I want to talk about that I forgot is like math. I think if you understand math and numbers, um, logic. Uh, more so than logic, I feel uh, statistics would be even better. But logic mm-hmm. definitely helps. Yeah. Understanding logic for sure, but even statistics. So a lot of times there's arguments, and I know. I've gotten into lots of issues with people and I can very, very easily tell that their worldview is just like very limited or simplistic. I don't say it to them. There's no need. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I just back away from the argument really and just let them believe. I don't think I'm going to change what they believe, nor is it worth my time and energy to do this. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you know what I mean? So I just let them carry on believing what they are, but they'll make some very, very, very big, bold observations on some very limited knowledge. Uh, An example. Donald Trump becomes the president of the USA, that's good for Canada's economy, let me tell you this, right? I'm like, okay, sir, how do you feel this is the case, right? And, uh, well, last time it happened, when the U.S. banned immigration, all those uh, prospective immigrants came to Canada and uh, we saw a boom in our economy. Uh, Okay, you might be right, I'm not even necessarily arguing that actual specific point. But... You know, if he does some of the big things he's talking about, economically speaking, like tariffs and reducing free trade and, and uh, you know, warmongering possibly, all of those things also have a negative impact. And they have a bigger negative impact than maybe the immigration boom that we'll see, you know, as a result of them being a little closed uh, closed up. Uh, but I don't think he took anything else into perspective. And, you know, there wasn't really much arguing because he's mm-hmm. set on that was mm-hmm. his worldview. Yeah. And so I think by understanding numbers and just understanding there's different factors and just like, I, just understanding simple equations as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we're doing like a pro con argument, for example, understanding like every argument, there's two elements to it. One is how does it make it better? So there's a plus side. But then the other side is uh, how does not having it make it better? worse do you know what i mean and when you look at both sides of the equation it just really helps your worldview right so i think that's very key but generally speaking back to your question about young people that don't know which tools to have and how do you develop a good worldview with the right models and tools to look at right um i think you want to be open-minded okay you don't want to be so so cynical where
1: you limit yourself
0: nothing comes in you you don't you don't believe or you don't buy into anything right mm-hmm. you need to there has to be a threshold of a standard that you pass but then you're like okay that makes sense i can see how that works but the threshold can't be anything either so it can't be just mm-hmm. door open like anyone suggests anything in mm-hmm. is there either right so there has to be something where it Some makes sort of sense there ahead. has to be a vetting process yeah. and it has, it has to be that vetting process is really key that's mm-hmm. the real key to the model because there's people whose vetting process is offbeat. That's way too high or way too, or, or, or way too low and they're not learning anything. And then you want to take on different positions. You want to figure out the logic of why these people believe certain things that are different and completely opposite. And you want to be able to empathize with both sides and, and, or just at least see it and then get that perspective. Cause that's going to enrich your worldview. It's actually going to give you on the arguments and they have like a big saying, they go people who tend to predict the future is the best uh, what they've noticed when they've done like like huge service and I'm not talking like, like in a psychic way. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like in a forecasting way because they have a rich worldview, right? Um, they tend not to be super convinced of their answers. Like, oh, it could go this way, but it could go that way. If I had to make a bet, I'd say this way, but I could yeah. be wrong. Mm-hmm. The ones that, are, that would say take it from me, the U.S. dollar is going to be unstoppable by next year. Like that's, don't listen to that person. Those are people, there's a limited worldview and, and to make up for the limited worldview, there's an increased uh, confidence or increased uh, portrayal of confidence, right? So you don't want to listen to those people. They can lead you down. It may work sometimes, mm-hmm. but the problem is when it goes bad, it's going to go bad so bad that it's not going to make up for the times it worked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to the tools, you want a good vetting process. You want to be open-minded and explore different parts of the argument that you're not used to. So if you're like a pro-marijuana guy, you should be looking at some of the downsides. It shouldn't mm-hmm. just be you're reading pro-marijuana articles, yeah. right? Um, and this is for every every argument. You want to have a good idea of numbers. And you, go, you want to understand that for every single statement you make, there's going to be an incident or an example that disproves it. Yeah. There's going to be something that's for it. But mm-hmm. the idea is just understanding generally speaking, where more of the numbers fall and mm-hmm. how do they fall that way, and then establishing your truth off of that. So what you're doing by seeing these studies, looking at people, having so, your anecdotal studies...
1: Kind of having, like, weighted pros and cons.
0: Well, no, no suddenly we, so these studies, or, like, like, I'll give you an example. Let's say we do one, like, um, drinking and driving is an example, okay? It's a very good and simplistic example people can understand. Let's say I didn't know anything about drinking and driving. Um, and I didn't read a study, but I just knew, you know, or maybe even I, I looked at a couple of studies, but I just knew that there are people who drink and drive that never get an accident. Mm-hmm. That's possible. It doesn't mean you're going to get an accident every yeah. time you drink and drive, but there's people, what people who are like pro drinking and driving, like I'm not saying this is I'm on purpose using a very absurd example, yeah. but people who are very pro drinking and driving that have a limited worldview will use those examples and only look at those examples mm-hmm. who never got into any accident. Yeah. And that's what they base their truth off. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're doing is every little incident in your life, you're looking at, or not incident, these situations that come over, and you're trying to find truths for them. So it's like, and those truths are how we play soccer. Okay, you know, when the ball goes out of bounds, you have to throw it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the goalie gets the ball, you can do a goal kick. You're allowed headbutting, but you can't touch. And these rules now start helping you establish how, how to live life. And which way to score, how to score, what the best way to do this is. But how you establish these rules is by looking around the the experiential, the situation in your life. What's going on? What caused success here? What didn't? What caused happiness there? What didn't? And when you have like many, many factors, yeah, there might be the odd guy who has a garbage job that's very happy. But if that's your notion of what causes happiness, because you just don't understand basic math or basic logic, you because there might be... There's gonna be way more people that are way happier that have an amazing job, right? Do you know what I mean? And so you can You've find. have never seen that life, uh, uh, right? And then there might be some people. So there's four ways to look at every every little situation. So four four ways. Let's look at happiness and jobs, right? So the four matrix you're gonna have is sad people that have shitty jobs, right? You're gonna have happy people who have shitty jobs, right? You're going to have happy people that have amazing jobs and you're going to have... Sad
1: people that have, have amazing
0: jobs, right? But, if, but the thing is, so you can find an example everywhere. But when you start weighing them, you're going to start realizing the, the, there's two places where the weight is most, right? There seems to be a lot of sad people who have garbage jobs and there seems to be a lot of happy people. And from that, you can derive a truth. Mm-hmm. And now that truth you put into your worldview toolbox... Right, And if you're coming to truths like that in the way I just vetted, the way I just kind of explained to you, and you come up with so many of them, your worldview is going to be so on. And when you look at new information that doesn't fit it, either are you going to adjust your worldview or are you going to know instantly this is garbage. There's the garbage media. This is it's conspiratorial theories. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. But if you don't have that process and a lot of your truths are based off of like one intuition or intuition or just like kind of random I just feel this way that's what it is and there's there's no process it goes through like I'm not I'm not against intuition I'm all for it but if you don't have any kind of mechanisms or structure I
1: feel like your intuition is stronger if you already naturally have a process
0: you have naturally you have a process you have tons and tons of truths you've derived from this right and and so so that really helps now quick recap for anybody listening here uh, we're gonna finish it off. Uh, but your worldview is probably one of the most uh, consequential factors of how you become you, okay? Uh, A lot of the work on how you become and make a very, very, very in-depth and rich worldview happens as a child in your youth. And it's the vetting and the way you look at problems and the way you acquire information and you add it onto your worldview. Those make those are a big big factor. And you want to have the right vetting tools. You don't. And you want to be very open minded and look at arguments from different perspectives so much at a young age that when you get older, you can just instantly compound and add to your worldview, and it becomes very rich. And then the big big benefit of having a very 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 rich worldview is that. Um, when it's extremely rich, you're just on about things. You're gonna take more risk. You're gonna take the right type of risks. Uh, you're gonna get in positions that can help you. You're gonna be more fulfilled. It's just it's win everywhere. Um, I think that's what we'll leave it at. Uh,
1: and on Twitter, we are at the New Truths One. Yeah. And email.
0: Email the New Truths at gmail.com. And that's it. Thank you so much.